Hello and welcome to Coach Rich Rants, real takes, raw feedback, unedited and unscripted views of what's happening in youth sports, in soccer, both in the U.S. and in my local community. I will be bringing to you different takes from the perspective of either a parent of an athlete, of a player, of a coach, or as a club director and administrator. Having worn every one of those hats, I'll try to bring to you these takes from each of those perspectives. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe. Just wanted to put a little prelude in here before the episode because when I listened back to the recording about why kids leave youth sports, I realized that I centered in on a theme around uh, physical and mental maturity and puberty and the impact on youth sports and the children's progression through that time and recognize that there's quite a bit to talk about there and thought I would bring it up front to just let you know that as you listen to this, um, it does take a turn towards that conversation. And I think it's something that isn't talked about a whole lot uh, when we talk about why kids leave sports. Um, There's a lot of blame going to the parents. There's a lot of blame going to the coaches. I address a bit of that, but I also recognize that maybe there's something bigger than that, uh, and it's how we handle the issues associated with puberty and the issues associated when should children develop um, from a physical and a mental perspective that may be something worth looking into. So have a listen if you'd like, and uh, thanks for tuning in. So it has been a minute since my last uh, episode of Coach Rich Rants, and I'm really uh, compelled to record this, and it's really because, you know, it's no secret that there is an alarming drop-off rate uh, in youth sports. Uh, Kids are dropping out earlier and earlier, and I think there's a number of factors that go into it, and if you look out in the Twitterverse, like, everybody has their, you know, quick description of, like, who's to blame, and I don't think it's a singular, it's definitely not a singular uh, point of blame. I think there are multiple uh, things that can be done uh, or multiple things that need to be aware of or you need to be conscious of if you're a parent or if you're a coach. And I think we all collectively are responsible. Um, And I'll talk about parents first, then I'll talk about coach. I'll probably go back and forth and as I typically do meander as my mind kind of goes from thought to thought because nothing is ever scripted. So the first thought is that, you know, it's very easy to see or very easy to place the blame on the parents for wanting too much for their kids too soon. The parents get caught up in the competition. In most cases, the level of play, the types of events, the facilities, all of the different venues and different leagues and different tournaments, those things didn't exist. Uh, when the parents and when parents were coming up in a lot of cases. So it's very new. It's very exciting. You know, you can win a national championship in a lot of sports at like eight or nine years old. Now, let me just tell you that a national championship that you win in whatever endeavor at eight or nine years old, very rarely, if ever, translates into anything that's even relevant whatsoever when you're 16, 17 years old looking to move on to either professional ranks or college. It just doesn't often happen. Uh, And part of it is because there are so many different ways you can win a national championship in a given sport that um, it's, is it really a national championship or is it that you went through a series of 
competitions first locally, then regionally, then nationally uh, in a particular in a particular venue or a particular not venue, but a particular um, series, uh, national championship series that allowed your kid to go to compete at a national level with other companies or, or rather clubs that were national in nature as well. It went through the same process. That doesn't mean that they're the best in the nation. It just means that of the people that went to the first local, then the regional, then the national for that particular event happened to be the best of those. Doesn't necessarily mean they're the best in the nation. It just means they won a national championship in a series of events. A lot of people may not like to hear that. The other thing is I hear parents all the time say, you know, hey, when I say, boy, do you think that playing club soccer, playing travel soccer, playing futsal, you know, playing these and going to the specialty skills training, do you think seven days a week is too much? And I hear, and and because I say, I think it is too much. And if your kid is eight or nine years old and they're getting that kind of a workload, you know, how long do you think that's going to last? One, how long is that going to last for your budget? Whether you have budget or not to support that kind of travel, those kinds of trips uh, and that kind of schedule. Um, you know, that is, doesn't really matter. What matters is the, the workload on the kid. And I will, I will tell you that a lot of parents say, oh, no, no, not my son or not my daughter. She loves it or he loves it. And they can't get enough. They, all they want to do is play soccer and they'll do seven days a week. They'll do twice a day, seven days a week if I let them. And that's the point. If you let them. So parents, I think there should be a little bit more common sense applied to the workload you're putting on a child at a young age because you're setting yourself up for potential future overuse injuries, for potential just burnout and exhaustion. Um, and the other part I think that happens with that kind of a schedule is that I mentioned the National Championship Series. Well, just like everything, there are different levels of leagues and there are different levels of teams. And those parents who are striving for what is best for their kids and what they think is best for their kids often is the top level league, the top tournaments versus the development that happens. They see the results as the measure for the activity and therefore will aspire to find teams and or programs that will allow them to participate in events that will allow them to have that type of result. And what often happens is Kids will, you will see young players and parents, maybe on their first child, more so than their second or third, that will move from club to club to club, not for development, but for better competition and better teams. I say this in every tryout I've ever done for the last 15 years, at least, that you're never going to take or not going to take a team that you played on to college with you or the pros. That I've never gone anywhere in my career as a player based on the players I played with, but based how I did when I dropped into a tryout or to an event individually. So my individual capabilities are what translated into my lack or my success, right? So, and that goes the same for every player in a team sport. Individually, your individual contributions or your individual capabilities will dictate how far you go in a sport, right? So to find a team that wins events that, um, goes to big events, right, as a young athlete, as a 9, 10, 11-year-old, from a parent, especially if you only are, like, if you're endeavoring for the first time, or, you know, sometimes it's second or third, but a lot of times it's the first. Maybe you're going with your second or third because you stayed with one place too long with the first. Who knows why? But there is a lot of jumping around, and it's not 
necessarily for the development. It is often for, well, at least when I talk to parents, for the competitions and the teams. And I've even had parents say to me, well, I really like your organization and I think you're getting close, but right now my nine-year-old is on a better team than you have. And rather than come into your program, get introduced to your program, make your program better and take advantage of the great offers that you have, I'm going to wait till you guys figure it out. And in the meantime, I'm going to win a bunch of trophies. And I've heard like that has been a verbatim conversation that I've had with multiple parents of very talented players. And, you know, to each their own, I suppose. And that is a challenge that we have in this culture, in this society with the um, focus on results. Let me talk about the coaches. Okay, so let's talk about first the coaches. Let's talk about first where this where this leads. Because when you're nine or 10 years old, as everyone will say in every article you can read, the true athletic potential doesn't typically get determined until puberty or until puberty or uh, and when the kids' bodies start to change. And you get to see what their physical attributes, their mental makeup, their maturity becomes. And that will determine their potential athletically because it's more than just physical attributes at that stage. It's also the mental um, acuity and the mental proficiency to be able to withstand and, with, and, and, and uh, maintain a regimented, rigorous schedule. Uh, and the also the ability to cope and deal with setbacks and failure, right? So at a young age, parents take away the failure because if they don't like what's happening at a particular club, the placement that their, their son or daughter is in, they can go find another club where another club will take them and they can put them in a higher echelon team, even if the team isn't as good, even if the program of the development is not as good, but the status of that team is higher, therefore, or at least within that club, therefore, the perception is that status is higher for that player. And that is usually what happens when that happens is you see those players sometimes move from club to club to club. And then unfortunately, at 14 or 15, they move on. Now, there are other though, there are those others that are just an advanced player at a young age that are physically larger, maybe faster and dominate the youth ages, the younger ages because of their surely because of their size. And again, if you're shooting for events and accolades and success and not focused on development and building the technical foundation and building the knowledge and understanding of the game and building the ability to make decisions and leverage the space that's available to you when you have the ball, as an example, in soccer, then sometimes or oftentimes as the maturity curve comes along and kids hit puberty, the delta between those early um, developed players and those late bloomers or even those normal uh, bloomers or normal to develop, that gap starts to uh, diminish. And therefore, those kids then start to have a challenge for their first time at 13, 14 years old, and the grind becomes too much, and they fail. And the parents are often extremely disappointed and upset, and they don't know what's wrong. So now let's take it to the coaches. So coaches, like the big thing that I think we all need to do in our profession is be aware and mindful of kids will go through different stages in their lives where they are going to struggle for no other reason than development, physical development, emotional maturity, puberty, right? So there are sports like gymnastics as an example, where girls get to be 13 or 14 years old and they start to go through 
puberty and they have all kinds of these crazy hormones and maybe their bodies change and they have a hard time adjusting to the skills, especially at a high level, because their bodies are changing. They're confused, they're upset, they're emotional, and they can't understand why. And that is because they have crazy hormones going and kids can't understand their hormones, nor can parents and nor can coaches. And if coaches aren't able to recognize that, and see that, oh, well, the reason that this child is so emotional and this child is so erratic is because, in fact, she is about to go through puberty. And she's got things in her mind she can't explain because she doesn't understand them herself. Because who does when you're going through puberty? When someone's body changes, boy or girl, and they hit a growth spurt, suddenly they look like a baby giraffe at times. And they can't figure out their feet and their long legs or their wider hips or their broader shoulders. And it's a struggle at times, and they have a step back. And if coaches can't recognize or don't recognize that that happens, that's kind of on them, okay? And we, as a coaching society, need to make sure that we put players in an environment for them to be successful when that stuff happens. We need to have patience with those athletes when that stuff happens. And we are such an immediate gratification society, and the season is now, and this is the most important season ever, and this is the most important season in the coach's life and the athlete's life, that that rarely happens, at least from what I have seen. And that's problematic because that will also lead to athletes leaving the game too early. The other thing I think that happens is coaches need to be aware that maybe they aren't the right coach for every level of an athlete. Meaning, if you have an athlete at seven, eight, nine years old, it's often difficult for the same coach to stay with that same player or group of players from the time they are eight till the time they are 18. Personalities change, people change, especially as they hit puberty. And there are a lot of times where the ability for the coach to be able to connect with that child or that athlete isn't as effective potentially when they're older as when they're younger. So organizations should have a pathway program a coaching development process where they put coaches in the best chance for the coach to be successful with the athletes based on their ability to connect with athletes, given that athletes stage in their mental and physical development. And I see a lot of times where coaches will blame an athlete for a drop-off and have no ability or idea how to address the change in the athlete nor the recognition that maybe it's time for the athlete to move on to a different set of coaches because that coach is not able to be able to connect with that athlete the same way they used to only because that athlete has grown up a little bit and matured. And now they might need a little bit of a different voice. I see it time and time again. And unfortunately, it's frustrating as a fellow coach to see happen with other teams and even in other sports when I see and understand especially from the outside. It's much easier to look at someone else than look even at myself internally. And it's something I need to work on and I've always worked on. To look at someone else and say, well, it's pretty obvious that you're not connecting with that athlete anymore. You're struggling to get them to the next level because you're struggling to get them to the next level. Not because the athlete can't get to the next level, but if you see a trend where every athlete at a certain age gets to a point where they struggle with a particular event or a particular skill, well, then is it really every athlete or is it you as a coach or you as an organization or you as a staff that isn't giving the ability for the athlete or the environment for that athlete to excel? And that's a very difficult thing as a club administrator in any sport, as a coach in any sport. That is a very difficult thing 
to come to terms with, especially given it requires a tremendous amount of self-reflection. And I often see that that doesn't happen. So I see a lot of times, and I'm seeing it happen right now in a couple of different sports with people that I know who are leaving the sport and the coaches are blaming the athlete and taking zero accountability whatsoever. And that's disturbing because they always say, and I've always learned, especially through work that I've done with proactive coaching early on in my career, that you do not want to be the, an athlete's last coach. And I'm seeing it time and time again. And honestly, I don't think the coaches are growing at the rate that the players are in some cases. And that's unfortunate. The fact that there's not a recognition is even more unfortunate. But that's not everybody, right? There are some that do a very, very good job of building a pathway program or building a structured program where athletes are placed in a developmental model where they are worth different coaches at different levels based on different times of their career. And that is something that I think should happen more often. And I think organizations should equip their their staff for that type of eventuality. Um, and I think that's really important. The other thing is, I think the attrition in youth sports happens because of the culture of the competition. Um, you know, there may, may be athletes that are with a given club for a really long time and have been loyal to the club and just just burn out and get kind of tired of it. And in a lot of cases, it's because they're just kind of done, right? And what I mean by that is they're done because the culture of the organization is cutthroat or the culture of the organization doesn't lend itself to, um, you know, some of the things that I talked about earlier. And you as a coach and you as a staff who are administrators of club have a direct correlation and responsibility for the culture that you create within your, in your environment. And unfortunately what happens is what you do and how you behave and how you act has a direct correlation to the culture that you create inside your organization. And an example that I will provide is this. If you do not, if you speak openly about other athletes in front of other athletes or in front of other parents, if you speak with parents about other people's children openly, then you should not be surprised when it happens inside of your club or inside of your gym or inside of your organization. So I'm seeing it happen time and time again where there is not a recognition of how important it is that what you say in front of an athlete or another athlete is heard. And time and time again, you hear coaches talk about athletes in front of other athletes, but then act surprised when parents start talking about other athletes or athletes start talking about other athletes. And the, the club is appalled by that. But in fact, they don't even recognize or realize that they do it on a repeated basis. And they are the ones that are actually generating, creating that culture. And they're driving that behavior within their organization. And they don't have that visibility. I don't know the answer to that uh, for fellow coaches, except for this. I do think that all coaches, all clubs should have some sort of a mentoring environment where somebody from the outside maybe in a different sport, maybe even in a different profession, can take a, a look at a peri on a periodic basis at how things are going inside of an organization and provide feedback on the culture, on create feedback on the coaching development, 
I know that it's an expensive proposition, but coaching development should be a huge investment. If you're investing in facilities and you're investing in equipment and you're investing in events, why not invest in the coaching and the coaching staff and the professional development of those coaches, even if it's a cultural discussion around what kind of culture you want to create inside of your own organization? I know that years ago, uh, I mentioned proactive coaching before. I brought in the folks from proactive coaching to meet with our coaching, to meet with our directors, and to meet with our parents. And it was awesome to be able to have a conversation with the coaching staff about the type of culture we wanted to create, about the leadership in the club in terms of what kind of culture we wanted to create and therefore had to permeate from us through the others. And then thirdly, have a conversation, a parent education conversation, about what it means to be a supportive sports parent and to create a positive culture all around. And having resources like that was an invaluable investment and completely paid itself back in terms of the return on investment from not a monetary perspective, but an overall, I'd say, wellness of the club from a cultural perspective. And it's an intangible result Nonetheless, we created what we what many people consider to be a family-like culture, loyal, caring, um, accessible, open and honest with communication. And communication being one of the most important things in, in an athlete-slash-coach-slash-club environment that will keep a player and a parent in sports longer, I think is overlooked in a lot of cases. And I think that so many clubs and so many coaches are not looking long enough term and are not looking at the longer term reactions to what happens today. And I think that does impact the long term um, success of an athlete. And it manifests itself in kids leaving the sport or kids leaving your club. And then you're searching for answers as why you're having this attrition when in fact possibly is a result of what you've been doing for years and years and years that aren't acknowledged. So this is a difficult conversation. Again, these are just a bunch of random thoughts. I wanted to get it out there because I really feel like this is something that I think as a parent group, as a coaching group, we need to understand that the parents are part of the solution, as are the clubs. When a child is struggling, I think it needs to be known, right? There are times where coaches say to an athlete, what is wrong with you? And the athlete can't explain themselves. And again, that's depending on the age is quite frankly, a real thing that happens where the kid doesn't really understand the feelings. They don't really understand their emotions. They have no idea why they feel the way they feel. And the club or the coach will say, oh, there must be something going on at home when it could be just in fact, there is something going on physiologically with the child where they are going through changes, either physically or hormonally, that is impacting their mental status at the time. And they're confused with their feelings and they're confused with their emotions and they can't really explain or describe how they feel. And when parents and coaches don't recognize that that is happening between the ages of 12 and 15, sometimes sooner and sometimes later, That's a big problem. And I truly believe that how athletes are handled during those very critical years 
has a direct impact and correlation to the longevity of the athlete in sports. Because we are talking about a challenge that is a difficult challenge for for players and for athletes when their bodies change, when their emotional makeup changes because of um, the hormones that are associated with development, where they are challenged at a bigger level than they've ever been before and they can't explain it or articulate it. And for some, it may be the first challenge they've ever faced because either the coaches and the clubs enabled them to be successful because they didn't allow them to fail or the parents enabled them to be successful and prevented them from failing. And that when they really have to dig deep inside to really work hard to get through a patch that they can't themselves understand and that nobody seemingly can help them with, that is a big time when athletes leave. Think about this, of all the athletes that you know and all of the adults that you know that have kids, think about how many kids quit their sport between 8th and ninth or ninth and 10th grade. Whether it's because of the high school environment or the club environment, but that is a very common time where kids drop out of sports. And often it is said that, oh, that's because of the physical development and the kids that were big and fast early are also the kids that never failed until now and they don't know how to deal with failure. While that might be true, the other side of that is that emotionally they're going through some things that they are not getting the proper support to get through, whether that's from the club, from the coaches, or from the parents involved. Kids are struggling with things that they can't quite explain they're having a difficult time getting the support that they need because there's not an awareness and therefore leaving the sport. So I want to say that the emotional changes that go along with physical and emotional development relating to puberty has a lot to do with athlete dropout and maybe more so than many of us realize or are willing to admit. And so it's easy for a parent to blame coaches or a club And it's just as easy for a club or a coach to blame a parent when, in fact, it's all of us collectively that are potentially failing the children, especially if they're having a difficult time expressing their emotions at a time where they can't understand their emotions because of what happens when your body changes physiologically. So those physiological changes, in fact, may have a lot to do with why an athlete leaves a sport. And because kids develop at different levels, you may see kids leaving sports at different times. And I would love to see somebody do a study about the, uh, not calendar age, but biological age of children when they leave sports to find out where they are on the, um, in, the, uh, in, the in the cycle of puberty. So uh, that took a little bit of a different turn than I expected. But um, again, these are random thoughts that have been